0: Welcome back to the More Than Mothering podcast. I'm your host, Crystal Hardstuff from The Gentle Counselor, and I specialize in perinatal mental health and parenting support. In today's episode, I am joined with a guest who is Dee from Mama Nourished Co., and we are talking about the importance of postpartum preparation. Before you listen to this episode, I want to tell you all about an amazing group that we have actually just started from having this conversation today and that is a Facebook group called Practical Postpartum Village Australia. You are welcome to join and I'll link it down below. This group is for those of us who are looking for a community to support us and this can be in practical ways such as meal trains, cleaning or child caring uh, for anyone who needs to build their postpartum community. I hope you enjoy this chat today. It's full of great tips so make sure you're taking notes and send this to anyone who may be pregnant. Well, I'm being joined today on the More Than Mothering podcast with Dee Palmer from Mama Nourished Co, and we're going to be talking all about the importance of postpartum preparation. I'm really excited for this conversation, and I have a feeling a lot of people listening or watching this podcast right now are going to be intrigued to hear what you have to say, Dee. So welcome to the podcast. Thank you for having me. I love talking all about the postpartum period, so I'm very excited to be here with you. Thank you so much for taking the time to be a guest today. I really appreciate it. Oh, of course. Would you like to start by telling everyone listening a bit about yourself and what you do and why you do it?
1: Yeah, of course. So I'm Dee. I am a wife and a mama of two. I have two toddlers now, a three-year-old and a one-year-old. So it is chaos in our house. (laughs) Um, I'm a postpartum doula. I graduated my course in, uh, when was it? 2020. So it all began with the lockdown and the beginning of the pandemic um, in March of that year and I just thought I had the time you know I was stood down from my job in my retail position at work and I had all these ideas flowing because I had all this extra time while my son napped and I was at home Um, and I thought I can do something here and Little idea became big idea and then it became a business and then it became a qualification and here I am. So I run Mama Nourish Co and I started taking on in-home clients at the beginning of December. Um, So I'm pretty fresh, but the business is almost a year old and Mm. it's amazing. I love what I do.
0: Yeah, that's so amazing. And what a time to get started right at the peak of when everything hits.
1: Yeah, mm. I think when we needed it most, a yeah. lot of doulas actually came out and started qualifying and getting their certifications. Yeah, because they might have only just had their own babies and realized, oh my goodness, all these women now have to do it completely alone. So totally.
0: That's been one of my biggest concerns as well is realizing the impact this has had for so many first time, not just first time parents, like anyone Mm. having a child and feeling very isolated in this postpartum period is very concerning. Yeah. Like I really do worry about the implications it's had. I mean, yeah, Mm. I'm talking to people often about Mm. how it has been for them too. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And it's, it's not funny. I think there's, there's positives and negatives to the lockdowns Mm. um, and the isolation periods and I think one of the positives is that new parents get to really enjoy that time with their new babies and get to spend a lot of one-on-one time with them Mm. whereas sometimes especially culturally that could impact it as well you might have a lot of people around you might have lots of people around you in the hospital as soon as you give birth you know Um, and this period of time has really given us as mothers and fathers that opportunity to sit back and just be with our babies which is beautiful but then on the opposite end of the spectrum is that lacking of support from our medical practitioners Mm. and our you know even accessing services like women's health physios, IBCLCs, um, you know the Australian Breastfeeding Association face-to-face classes that we might do during pregnancy. A lot of these really really important and significant milestones that we Mm, reached pregnancy mm. and our postpartum we're missing out on and I think negatively impacting a few things as well so I'm I'm kind of 50 50 on
0: yeah I think that's a good way to look at it is that like both of those things can exist at the same time we I don't think it would be healthy to be like completely positive or completely negative about it. Because I have Mm. had clients reflect to me that it was nice having their partner home because they were working Mm. from home or whatever happened. They were like, that was nice having that because that was different to like another experience that they had or what they were expecting to happen. Yeah. Uh, And then on the flip side of that, like again, with the the not so great side is I know that even like in like the mental health services, there's huge wait lists for people Mm. to access care because so many people have, being demanding of that of the system like mostly mm. like we're talking about the isolation and just you know the collective trauma in general that a lot of people are experiencing so it's definitely been really tricky and I've heard a few sad stories as well of mm. what the experience has been like for people whether they weren't allowed to have even their partner in hospital with them mm. or yeah like families not even getting to meet their children at that baby stage and now they're meeting them as toddlers or we're moving into like older than than that now because it's going on three years soon as well yeah which Mm. is
1: wild to think about that I know it's all been going on for so long and it's our new normal you know it is it's crazy but one of the things that I think about too is like you know with my first born so we had him in 2019 I was isolated from my family because we lived in Darwin and Mm. everyone that we love is in Sydney and um, I really threw myself deep into mother's groups and activities for him and every single day of the week while my husband was at work I made sure that we had something to attend Mm, mm. Um, and because I'm quite a gregarious person naturally that just worked for me and last year I didn't have any of that Mm. so for me, I struggled with that isolation, being at home with two kids when my oldest wasn't at daycare. Yeah, having that constant need of attention from me, twenty four mm-hmm. seven, and mm-hmm. breastfeeding a baby—you know—that's really tough. Yeah, um, so any any parents that have just made it through the day during mm-hmm. this last couple of years, absolutely, because yeah, it has well been done. A really
0: rough run. <laughs> it is it has been rough. I yeah. cannot even imagine how it's looked like for everyone because I know even when I had my second, I know how much I relied on having daycare to mm. have my toddler go to still. So I had a few days, you know, just with the baby or whatever yeah. needed to be done. And it's just yeah, it's definitely been survival mode for a lot of people. Mm. And I think now we're getting to that point where because for some of us especially for those in Australia like our restrictions are changing or easing and so I feel like people are coming out and realizing like wow that's actually what happened to me and now we're trying to process it and talk about it so now is a very crucial time where people are going to finally allow themselves to feel more vulnerable to what they've experienced.
1: Mm, Yeah I think there's also you know it's that strange time where people have just had babies they've never had a baby before. And they can't differentiate between whether or not they're suffering postnatal mental health concerns or Mm. if they're suffering mental health concerns Mm. because of the pandemic. Totally. And who is the person to tell you what's affecting your mental health? Like no one is going to be able to delineate between the two. Mm. So that
0: would be a real struggle for yeah. women. And that's important for us who work with these families to have that understanding as well, to realize, don't be so trigger happy to diagnose yeah. one way or the other, not that we're diagnosing anyway in our professions, but you know, to keep yeah. that in mind that even with thinking that way, it's a very understandable and reasonable response, mm-hmm. whether it is pandemic related or new parent related, it makes sense that yeah. people would be having certain Um, mental health struggles with it yeah Mm, yeah definitely so in your line of work with this can you talk Mm -hmm. to us a bit about the importance of postpartum preparation as in why is it important and then perhaps we can talk about some of the ways to um, support ourselves and making sure that we are prepared for postpartum
1: yeah definitely so I guess coming from my own experience I and I know a lot of women do this, we plan for the birth Mm. and that's the end of the pregnancy. And then we have a beautiful baby and we're good, good to go. Um, but actually in reality, as we all know, once you bring that baby home, a lot of things change. Um, so your relationship changes, your identity changes Mm. as a woman, even as a man, your identity changes. Um, and there's a lot of pressures and needs on the dad as well, but we'll stick with conversation around the woman right now um you know things like your nutrient intake and your calorie intake needs to change things that you don't ever ever imagine impacting you make such a huge huge difference your hormones experience that massive drop your baby is going back and forth left and right every second day and it's hard to navigate what to do next so I guess for me, the really important reason that we need to put a plan in place for our postpartum is because of that unpredictability. Mm. So if we're doing things like, you know, we're setting boundaries um, with visitors, for example, that's a really big one for me. Um, And I'll go into that a little bit more in a second, but I have four pillars of care that I like to discuss with new mums. So we've got nutrition, support, rest and warmth. And those four things are a combination of traditional um, Ayurvedic and Chinese postpartum practices that are now being welcomed a little bit more into the Western world, which is amazing. Um, So when we talk about rest, for example, a lot of us go into our postpartum period just full force and we're on our feet and we're trying to do things back To how we were doing things before we had a baby Um, and the example that I always always talk about is four days postpartum with my son I was lugging a 10 kilo pram into my SUV to go to the cafe meet my girlfriend and I think part of that for me was coming like feeling a bit more like myself again Mm. Um, because when I'm pregnant I get very sick um, Mm. and I almost have hyperemesis so I think When I don't have that illness, my body just thinks you're good as gold, like do whatever Mm. you want, you're capable of anything. And then it got to a few months later, and I started running again like three I'm talking four months postpartum. And then I ended up, I nearly ended up with a prolapse, and I said to my Um. husband. I feel like I've got some like that dragging or that heavy feeling. And he had no idea what I was talking about, of course. But I said to him, I just have to be a bit mindful. And then I think I better stop running. But I kept going because that's the sort of control freak I am. And then two days later, I hurt my knee and I couldn't run.
0: Oh, wow. And I
1: haven't run since. And I think that that was what I needed Mm. to put me into place. Forced you. Mm. You need to slow down Mm. and just take it easy and look after your body and then you can, you know, do those other things later on. So yeah, that's really, that's a really important thing to keep in mind. Mm. And that's a boundary for yourself, right? Setting those important boundaries for yourself. So when I talk about setting boundaries in particular, that's something that we can do ahead of time during our pregnancy, start doing that early to ensure that we give ourselves the best opportunity to rest and recover, and eat the proper foods, and yeah. stay warm, and receive support. So, um, I have a few ideas on that on my Instagram. But I like to suggest things like not having any visitors for the first week or two, um, limiting visits by doesn't matter who it is to only an hour, especially mm-hmm. for people who aren't naturally going to come into your home and help you Mm, mm. um because really you should only be having people within your home that are going to just you know look at the bench and say that there's some dishes to be done and just do it without Without you saying
0: anything yeah right totally
1: um you shouldn't need to be hosting people Mm, in your first six mm. weeks that's ridiculous But Mm. there is an expectation of us as women that we would do that sort of thing naturally. Mm. To Um, perform and show off the baby and divulge everything. yeah That's right. And one of my beautiful clients said to me last week, you know, she's just had her baby and she said, I haven't heard from any of my friends Mm. after I had the baby and no one asked me how I was. They all said, when can I come and meet the baby? Mm. And that's not okay. Like we shouldn't have that that heaviness on us after we've just given birth, especially when we have other children to look after as well. Like we need to rely on our village. So that's the reason setting boundaries is so important to me. Mm. And then we think about things too, like, you know, asking for help. So doing that in little stages during pregnancy, because we know that that's a very big thing to ask for help as women Mm. and as mothers. Um, and so one way I would suggest starting that is like during pregnancy, if you're having people around, just ask them to pick you up something from the grocery store. You might not need it,
0: mm. but
1: getting into the habit of
0: doing that. That's sometimes. such a good tip because I was just thinking how in my personal experience between my two, mm. how the second time around, I was a bit more blatant to people saying please come over and bring food and clean my house because I didn't have that the first time and it really sucked. Mm -hmm. Um, It didn't happen still for me. (laughs) And I'm wondering if with that extra tip you've just given there for anyone else that may also be able to relate to my experience is Mm. it's almost like giving that pre-training maybe to yourself to ask in a particular way that that works. Because sometimes we think we're asking, but it's actually not translating properly enough. Yes. And then like you said as well, also that would help those people do it and Mm -hmm. either show us that they can or they cannot do it. And then you also Mm -hmm. can pick, okay, who is actually going to be a support person who isn't, who has shown me that they can do that for me happily and I didn't feel bad about it or I didn't feel Mm -hmm. awkward when I asked or who did it without me even asking.
1: Yeah. And it shapes that visitor network. Yes. really easily for you if you start doing it early and even before you have kids you know if you know that in a year two years you want to start trying for a family well now's a good time to put the fillers out <laughs> yeah. see what those family members are going to do you know they're all mm. about the baby but see what they're really going to do for you because that will really support your mental health um and one thing I like to do for my clients is I have some printouts which have different lists on them. So one of the lists is like favorite snacks, meals and beverages. And you fill that out and put it on your screen.
0: And it's just
1: so easy because people can see it. Like you say to your partner, can you get me something to eat? He sees that at lunchtime or she sees Mm that at lunchtime. And then they can look at the list and you don't have to make any decisions.
0: What a great idea. I feel like that one just in itself is (laughs) life-changing. Yes,
1: (laughs) But the trick is to actually fill it out because I know Mm. a lot of people don't want to fill
0: it out feeling
1: like passive aggressive.
0: Yeah, I also Mm. noticed that if you're receiving that information on a day when you're already tired and you're like low Mm -hmm. energy, that's not the day to do this. But we, most of us tend to have the cycle of energy where we have those days where we have high energy. We want to get everything done. We want to cook and clean and do everything. Make sure on those days is when you're taking advantage of planning and preparing in this sort of way. Yeah.
1: Yes. Yeah, and definitely, of course, one of the biggest things we can do for ourselves postpartum, that will happen regardless of the outcome of our birth or the health of us or our baby, is to prepare food and mm. get things in place to ensure that you can eat good food that have enough carbohydrates, enough fats, enough protein, enough fiber for you when you're recovering from birth. Yeah.
0: Um,
1: because there's a big misconception, I think, around like breastfeeding or bottle feeding and that the mothers need a big, like there's a big difference between their nutrient needs. But really, if you look at it as a baseline, when we're all recovering from birth, regardless if it's cesarean Mm, or vaginal birth, mm, we're mm, recovering. mm. There's torn tissue, there's blood loss, there's fluid loss through sweating and amniotic fluid and everything else that goes on. We need to make sure that we're eating food to sustain us.
0: Yeah. That's a really good point because I've only ever heard about people making a point of saying, you know, breastfeeding moms need an additional 500 calories a day. I have never heard anyone voice similar concern around like every mom, (laughs) like every person who has given birth should Mm be like caring for themselves nutritionally as well or being cared for nutritionally, I should say. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So stock up your freezer stock up your fridge stock up your pantry put lots of one-handed snacks in the freezer Uh, because you never know how many you need
0: one-handed meals whenever I see people say yeah meal prep and I always like to add my bit one-handed meal prep yeah my (laughs) go-to was like soup because I'm like that takes all the boxes that's like the chicken and the veggies and the delicious you know buttered toast that you have to dip it in or whatever that was a big one I had in my postpartum that was so easy for me to just heat up and yeah one-handed
1: yes. meal yeah it's perfect mm. and you can add like you can make your own chicken broth which is really cheap and mm. easy to do and then add that extra layer of nutrients yeah and like good healthy fats to keep you really full as well because we like you get so hungry when mm. you're mm. breastfeeding or running around after other children um because you can't always sit down but if you're feeding yourself or you've got people bringing food to you whatever capacity that is which I can elaborate on um you know that at least you'll have the right energy to get on with your day so a meal train is very
0: important postpartum Mm, Um, I've only just heard about this before can you explain what a meal train is in case anyone else was like me and had no idea that it was a thing
1: yeah so there's actually a website. Called mealtrain.com, very complicated. <laughs> um, it's a free resource. You can go on there and um create like your own personalized looking meal train. If you have a doula or like a birth worker, they'll do that for you. Um, I do that for my clients as well. There's always some pushback because people don't like to ask for help. Mm. But it's now a non-negotiable of mine. So when a new family has a new baby or babies, they will get a meal train link and Mm. I will keep checking that they're sending it out. Great. So you just send it. You can like email it to a network of friends. You can pop Mm. it in um, like your messenger chat. You can just add it onto your, what's called, like your Facebook page or your Instagram stories. And they just click in there. Yeah. Um, they select a date and write down a meal. That's it. So good. And then they drop it at your door.
0: Yeah. Wow. I've seen it in action. I yes. have yet to be included on one, okay. um, but I look forward to the day where I can be yeah. on the meal train for someone else. Cause I think it's such a great idea. And yeah. um, I do think it's really interesting how many of us can relate to that notion of feeling bad of asking for help. Mm. And the way I like to flip this with the mindset shift for clients that talk about that is Mm. we need to remember that we should let people love us yeah (laughs) people want to help us and they want to love on us and they want Mm. most of them especially if you're surrounded by good people in your life they want to be able to help like I know I have that strong drive Mm. whenever any of my friends or people I know have had a baby I'm like I know all these things I'm like picking up the vacuum without even asking yep and so it's like there are people that feel like you like if you're like mm. me and you're sitting there going I want to do this for someone or I have done this to someone then mm. let people show you as well that they want to do that for you as well
1: yes yeah it's so important and it makes them feel good yeah to help and it's a nice way for and them a practical them to able way mm. exactly mm. yeah it's a good gift um to give people food when they're when they've just had a yeah. baby because it hits all the boxes
0: yeah and we've got the ease now if you're in an area that has like uber ease I mean it that's could right. not be easier as well that's for right. some yeah yeah
1: and I say too like because some people will say to me oh you know I'm not a very good cook or I'm not confident in the kitchen and I'm like find out their favorite restaurant let them know a day and you can send them a meal yeah. cooked for them by their favorite restaurant like that's so, good. so easy yeah 50 60 dollars you know and you've given them the best baby gift they could probably ask for <laughs> so true
0: because yeah. we we are definitely um have an emotional attachment to food which mm. isn't necessarily a bad thing we you're allowed to enjoy food and food is a very sociable thing as well it's a time where we gather at the dinner table together as a family or maybe that's the one time the parents can actually sit down and have a conversation together and enjoy some good food and it's just nourishing or it's something to look forward to in your day Mm -hmm. um, especially if you're sleep deprived or whatever it might be and like you said You just are so hungry. (laughs) Yeah. It's just like the one thing you can rely on. I remember getting so excited when I could have like an Uber Eats delivery come during nap time and it was like the perfect time when the baby finally was asleep. And I was like, this is the greatest thing ever. I'm living my best life.
1: Yeah. And you know, when my son stopped napping, I think it was like just after two years old. Mm. There was no more Uber Eats lunches (laughs) because I didn't want to share with him. So now I wait till he's such a good point. Yeah. I'm not having him steal my food so it happens at other times.
0: Maybe save the meal train for after the partner has gone back to work is what I'm starting to think now. Yep. (laughs) For those solo parenting days yeah. Yeah
1: yeah and like if you can put an esky at your door. Yeah. People don't even have to ring the doorbell.
0: That is so great.
1: Yep it's the best and Mm. like that is no effort required at all for someone, even a partner to put their get the door and then collect mm. the food when the people bring it by.
0: That is so great. Do you yeah. I just this question has quickly popped into my mind, so sorry mm-hmm. if I'm throwing you off or if you've not okay. had it. But do you feel like people also struggle with like an age limit on when they're allowed to keep asking or expecting help?
1: Yes, definitely. Once they get to that like six week mark or that three month mark, women just, it's like something switches in their brain and they're like, oh, I don't have a newborn anymore. Mm. My baby is a baby and I should know what I'm doing and I should be able to do all of this. But within my packages that I offer my clients, I often say to them, save some of your hours within your package and use that for when the baby sleep regression hits that mm. first sleep regression
0: yeah I feel like four months has been a yes. really challenging time with both of mine that's when yes. I really felt like I was losing my mind a bit
1: me too yeah mm. and for me like I didn't experience baby blues with my son my firstborn, um, but around that four months mark when I was just insisting on getting him to sleep in his cough (laughs) Mm, mm. um that really took a turn for me and I said to my husband I had a really bad night and I said to him the next day I actually think I might have postnatal depression because I am not coping and then he said it was 5 a.m at this point and he goes don't worry I'll take the baby for a few hours get some sleep and then we'll talk about it when you wake up Mm. so we did that and I was like I feel okay now Mm. but with my daughter we so I, I'd actually put all these beautiful plans in place I was going to have two weeks of rest no visitors on my bed um and just be fully lapping up this newborn life with my husband looking after my son and me just feeding the baby and eating in my bedroom she ended up in special care Aww. so she was okay she just had some like difficulty breathing mm-hmm. um And being in special care helped her a lot. But she was in there for 10 days. And I was just running back and forth to the hospital. Mm. At the beginning, the first couple of days, it was three times a day. So it was a half an hour trip to the hospital. And then I was pumping because I was breastfeeding. So it was every three hours. And then I had to come home and prepare dinner for the night if we'd run out of food in the fridge. Or I didn't take anything out of the freezer. Um, And then my husband, of course, was busy trying to distract my son because we'd never been apart at Mm. this point. So all these things that I had to do completely just threw my rest period out the window. But the importance of my postpartum planning was that I did have the food to eat. I Mm. organized the support beforehand. So I knew my two sisters lived close by. They would be able to come and help me with our older son while I was at the hospital, if both of us wanted to go, um, they would often come over during nap time. So we'd put him down for his nap, rush off to the hospital for a few hours and they'd, you know, just stay in the house, do the dishes, do a few things for me while they were here. And then we'd be back for his dinner time. And that worked really well. So if I hadn't have put that plan in place, we would have been up shit creek,
0: you know? Mm.
1: Um, And they brought meals for me. I utilised the other family members who weren't necessarily handy in the kitchen to get things for me from the shops. Um, So instead of spending my time between nursery visits at baby bunting, I'd send my sisters. Right, yeah. So And that was really great and they were happy to do that because that was the only, like, they knew that they couldn't help mm. me emotionally. Yeah, because they can feel very
0: helpless, and so sometimes yeah. practical things gives them something to do, and it makes them feel uh-huh. like, okay, I'm doing something here.
1: Yes, and like one of the things that I did was organize a um, belly support band mm-hmm. because I was running around so much. Oh, and right. A good tip if you have older children. Mm. To, and you should do it really. Anytime time you have a baby, but holding you in from underneath your bra strap to the top of your hips, it just keeps everything nice and secure. It reduces the risk of prolapse. It stops your back pain. I think once you've had the baby, you kind of don't realize how loose everything mm. can feel. Mm. Um, so having that support physically is really important as yeah. well. Yeah,
0: I remember being surprised at how weird it felt, I think there was like one day where maybe I was bending over and like tying my shoes or something. And I was like, this feels so weird. Like I just wasn't prepared to notice how, odd my body felt like especially Mm. my stomach area I was like things I can tell are not where they should be (laughs) yes
1: yeah and it's like an empty like windy sort of feeling
0: yeah I don't even know how to describe it it was just really Mm. bizarre and then with my second I was a bit more prepared for that feeling but my first it really shocked me and I don't know what I was expecting probably the unrealistic version of people you know the whole bounce back thing which is a Mm. another conversation in itself Mm. um there was a few things I was thinking as you were talking about support, because often what I hear about is from people who don't have support around them, whether that's, and I mean, most of the time it's by choice. Like they have Mm -hmm. family members that they don't get along with or that they don't want around their child. Mm -hmm. Um, Or even if they're like a single parent. And so there is no partner. So do you have any, um experience or advice for those kind of dynamics
1: mm. so I actually have personal experience um with that there were oh, I, I don't think those people are going to listen to this podcast and so that's good um but there are certain people within my family that I just didn't really feel that would be a positive vibe to have around at that time um and I I would have Organised the postpartum doula for myself if I hadn't have been a doula I knew what I needed to plan for myself and I had that benefit but I think if people don't if people are in that situation where they can't or don't want to have family or friends around for whatever reason doulas cleaners people who can cook for you. So there's lots of postpartum Mm. specific meal services now. Um, I have one within my own business and there's lots and lots around Australia. I'm going to make a post about that actually quite soon um, just to connect everyone. But those sorts of things, if you can outsource them, please do because it will just take such pressure off you when Mm. you need it the most. And, a lot of these places might not advertise that they have payment plans available. But if you reach out to them, the most important thing to people like me is that our clients get the support that they deserve. That's such a good point. Yeah. yeah, You just ask the question. You never know what someone might say. Yeah.
0: And some businesses like myself even have sliding scale. Yes. So it's always worth asking. Yes. Like human to human, it's worth asking and I was just thinking as you were talking then because I was wondering about this myself and I was like I wish or I wonder if we could create this sort of community where it is like bringing strangers together because Mm. ironically a lot of my friends are strangers I've met on the internet which we were all told Mm. not to do you know (laughs) and so I was like thinking if I saw a post of a mum in my local area that was like I am struggling I'd be like what do you Mm. need I'm there Mm. Like I'm bringing over dinner. So dinner sorted. And I would not know who this person is. And I cannot be the only one thinking that. And Mm. I feel like either surely someone's already done this and has created some sort of community. Mm. Or if you were to look on Facebook or reach out to anyone, even if it's like an influencer on Instagram, I am sure that there are people that would be more than willing to help you out or point you in the the right direction or find you that community you need. Mm. Um, And if there isn't, then perhaps that is worth looking into a yeah. bit more, because yeah. I I really feel like we're at this turning point where people are realizing that that whole notion of it takes a village to raise a child. Mm-hmm. We're kind of like, okay, so what about the mum? Like, where's the village for the mum? Yeah, let's be that.
1: Yeah, you're so right. I was talking to someone this morning um, about that exact concept. You know, baby's born and mum's forgotten. Like, mm-hmm. no, that's unacceptable. It shouldn't be that way. Mm-hmm. The mother, the new mother, needs to be held as much, if not more, than the new baby. We can't forget about the older children because they're experiencing a massive shift, as we both know, when you introduce the second baby into the home. It is just that first child, it rocks their world mm-hmm. like they'll never know. Um, and I, I just don't understand why we just forget that the mother is there you know and I've even had phone calls myself during pregnancy and early postpartum and they're like how's the baby yeah the baby's good like the Mm. baby's just sleeping in three hour chunks at the moment being a regular newborn and then deciding to sleep for five minutes at a time like Mm. baby's fine but how am I Mm. and don't bring me another onesie because I don't want it yeah, I would just tell you, you know, these sorts of things. The good thing is that the fourth trimester, first forty days, first six weeks—you know, the golden months—these concepts are aligned, and they all mean a very similar thing. Yeah. And I think most women who are having babies now are starting to hear about one mm. or two of those things and understand the importance of postpartum. Yeah, but we have a long way to go.
0: Yeah. Really. we're no longer suffering in silence and we just need to yeah. really keep raising our voices on it to yeah. be honest because yeah. I've also had conversations where I've somewhat apologized to people mm. in my life or family who had children before me and I didn't realize yeah so it's also that learning curve of I'm so sorry I didn't realize how hard that was for you until I went through it yeah yep and, but I also think yeah. even though you can't go back in time and change it, there's still some healing that can come from that as well. And, of yeah. course, self-reflection is always important, positive yeah. change. You don't get to have a different choice unless you reflect on it and you can see that and have yeah. awareness for it as well.
1: Yeah, yeah, you're right. And my sister had a baby before me, one year before us, and she always says to me, because I don't eat meat or cook meat for my client, like beef and red meats within that first week in particular of postpartum and she goes you cooked me a roast beef three <laughs> days after I had a baby what were you thinking and I said I didn't know like people mm, don't know and yeah. that's why roles like mine exist to help mm, mm. that education and change the that mindset yeah um, and the reason that we do that by the way is to be really gentle and kind to the digestive system mm, like interesting. Everything to come back to normal Um, so after like a week or two you can start to digest those things a little bit easier if you're slow cooking
0: how interesting i can't wait to go and find your instagram and look at all these informational posts that you have because i feel like i'm going to do a deep dive now um (laughs) because it's something that i'm aware of as we are having conversations around do we have another one and i'm and i know that my postpartum is going to look very different yeah
1: that's very good.
0: different yeah,
1: yeah 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 it's very different the second and third time I think yeah
0: I don't think I'll have a birth plan I'm gonna have a postpartum plan no,
1: that's good that <laughs> I mean I me will happy.
0: have both still but really you just realize like which is which is really important and which one actually goes for longer and involves yeah. both of us yeah not just one yeah yeah so you're, it's having that mindset shift I think is a really hard point too because it can dredge up stuff for you. Like Mm -hmm. it can dredge up uncomfortable feelings or sadness or resentment when you reflect on, huh, I didn't have that. Yeah. I'm not too happy about that. Mm -hmm. So what is kind of your advice for people who may be in that headspace, especially with their partner, if they feel like their partner isn't stepping up and doing their share yeah. or isn't cooking the meals, for example, and, and mm. the person that gave birth is still expected to cook dinner, for example.
1: Mm. I would say then utilize your village, you know? Um, so there's always local community groups on Facebook now, suburb groups, home birth groups, um, even like the smaller mothers groups utilize your village and reach out to them because 100 percent they will step up for you mm. while you have that conversation with your partner and as hard as it is you need to have a conversation mm. and again this is something that we need to be discussing during pregnancy yeah not leaving the past- mm. postpartum mm. there's a lot of things i think in terms of relationships that we need to discuss early mm. on mm-hmm. um you know, like the financial situation, what's the expectation there, Mm. what's going to happen with baby sleep, you know, Mm. Um, if they, if we're going to co-sleep, if both partners are open and willing to discuss
0: that. Yeah, what does it actually look like, like the harsh realities of not sunshines and rainbows. (laughs) That's
1: right, you might not have sex for a year, you know, that sort of thing, (laughs) um, or longer. Um, Things like putting that list on the fridge doing that early Mm -hmm. and then there's another list I have which is like chores around the house um so setting the expectation that's a one one I heard from um Naomi Chris who is a postpartum doula in the Sutherland Shire oh not the Sutherland Shire sorry down like in Wollongong she said before I had my second baby I set an expectation with my husband that he would put on a load of washing the night before we go to bed and then in the morning he would hang it out for me. And Mm. that would just take one simple thing Mm. away from Mm. me that I didn't have to worry about the next day. And then when he came home from work, he would take that off the line or out of the dryer and fold it and put it away. Um, And I do acknowledge that dads have a lot of stuff going on too. partners Mm. and dads have a lot in their own lives.
0: It's not a competition though.
1: It's not. No, um, mm. but it's a two-way street with parenting. Yeah. We need that support.
0: Yeah. And what I often deal with in most of couples counseling is it, we can get really bogged down in like, this is me and what I'm feeling that mm-hmm. we forget to go, oh, that is you and what you're feeling. Yep. And so that crossover doesn't happen when both people are butting heads with like, I'm mm-hmm. tired. Well, and I'm tired too. And it's like- yep. When I say I'm tired, I'm not saying you're not. Mm. And that is Mm. the difference of that space that it needs to be in. And I also think when we were talking about having these conversations earlier on is I think language is really important too. Language Mm. matters. So it's not you're helping me around the house. It's you're doing your part around the house. Yes,
1: absolutely. Like
0: little changes like that I think is really important. And so pulling them Mm. up on it and calling them out when mm. it's like when people say that how dads babysit it's like you I was thinking that <laughs> <laughs> tell me a more enraging sentence than that <laughs> I know that is oh I language know, that matters is it's answer. really important to yes. pull that up and correct it in a in a you know still a kind way mm-hmm. um but it's necessary changes that that needs to happen So how can we tell who is a good person to have around who we're comfortable to see us in all of our glory and mess of, Mm -hmm. you know, newborn days who we can trust completely, whether it's holding the baby while we have a shower or or whatever. I feel Mm -hmm. like there's a really particular kind of person we sometimes need in our life that kind of feels like it feels like us still that we're so comfortable with.
1: Yes, so the things that you should consider are who do I feel comfortable having my top off around? Mm, good point. Wetting profusely around.
0: <laughs> Smelling.
1: That's right. <laughs> Bleeding, mm. like that's a big thing in the early days. Um, and while you're really like feeling a bit out of your own body yeah
0: very vulnerable yeah
1: yeah Mm. yeah um because you might feel a bit irritable and not want certain people around so if you think back to times when you've been triggered by a certain person Mm. or a group of people um or
0: when they're like draining yeah yeah Mm. Yeah. and it
1: takes more from you yeah to be there you don't want those people around if you Mm. don't feel comfortable breastfeeding around someone or having unwanted advice given to you mm. when you're vulnerable, you don't want that person there. If you don't feel comfortable asking them to un- like, take the washing off the line or out of the dryer and fold up your underwear, they're not the right person for you. Um, if, if you've got like certain dietary requirements, for example, say you're a celiac and you know that this particular person or people don't respect your dietary mm wishes or that you don't give your children sugar for example and that's a trigger for you and then they always bring over sugar you don't want those people around yeah
0: you don't need to add stress Mm.
1: correct yeah and it's not going to provide that positive safe calming space for Mm. you to feel
0: held during your postpartum
1: yeah because
0: you were kind of talking earlier about the importance of rest yes but can you talk with us a bit more about that and how that looks what does that mean
1: Yeah. Okay. So when I talk about rest, I think about pretty bluntly, you know, we've had a baby, so we've got tissue scarring and tearing. We've got, we're bleeding, we're sweating, like I said Mm. before, but also our baby has come out of our body. There is a dinner plate sized wound like this Mm. on our uterus. If that wound was on the outside of our body, there is no way we would be doing those things that we do. What
0: a great way to put that.
1: Yeah. And that's, I learned that during my training to become a postpartum doula and that has never left my mind. Because
0: it's invisible because you can't that's see it. Right. Mm. Yeah. And it
1: doesn't like, it doesn't hurt. Like if you had that on the outside, it would hurt to have yeah. that sort of wound, but it doesn't because it's kind of mingled in with everything yeah. else.
0: I would yep. also challenge that a bit because how much pain are we so used to being in even just from like yeah. period cycles? Yes. <laughs> yeah. And I don't know if you've seen those videos where they put that machine on the men and they crumple yeah. when it's like level two or three and the yeah. women are like, I don't feel anything. Yes, it's so funny. So I also wonder how much yeah. of that is is going on actually with like our pain threshold to things.
1: Yeah. And we've got um, that adrenaline coursing through us yeah, at that yeah. time. So I like to, I request that women would be horizontal for as long as they possibly can during their postpartum. Sounds great. Yet, Yeah, <laughs> it does. I'm yet to, I'm yet to succeed, but mm-hmm. we put it out there and we plant the seed so that if women know that that's an expectation from their care providers, it kind of like not to give them any guilt, of course, mm-hmm. but it kind of reminds them, okay, I'm sitting on the lounge. Maybe I should lie on the lounge instead. And mm. pull back feet up. right and it gives them that forced rest
0: period. yeah let's take it seriously mm. that's
1: right and i'm not big on i actually really despise the term sleep when the baby sleeps as i'm <laughs> sure many mothers in this day and age too <laughs> um but resting can look like many different things mm. so you can just have a really long bath or if you're a shower person have like a really long restful shower with a podcast or some music playing in the background, put a hair mask in, you know, do something that makes you feel really just calm mm, and mm. loved. Um, Mare Botanicals is a company in Darwin, which is run by a naturopath, Kate, and she created this, a beautiful range of postpartum products Wow! and birth products, and she's got a six bar um, which is oh, like a cool. stroke, and it's beautiful. So if you can get your hands on some of that, that's a nice way mm. to just take some time. Yeah, and it's really nice to heal your um, scar tissue as well. Mm. How your- that? Yeah, so that's a nice one. Yeah. Um, and you know, with the rest as well, we need to acknowledge that babies don't really sleep that well, and they certainly do not sleep in the rhythm that we're used to Mm. so setting yourself up with those people that you feel comfortable with having the conversations during pregnancy to ensure that when you get to those stages you know it'll probably be the first two weeks you might be okay with that change in your sleep and then after that it might hit you Mm. um you need to be able to have people that you can call on whether it's your partner family members friends whoever it is a doula to come be with the baby and your older children if possible and just take some time to rest mm. like eat a meal without a baby on you yeah how good is that
0: yeah and I was just thinking because we also talk about the baby being the cause if not that mm. we're blaming but you know of not mm. sleep but also your other children can be affected my yeah. my eldest started waking again when oh, we had yeah. our baby which was a really fun surprise to us. Yeah. experience <laughs> I'm sure. <laughs> so sometimes it can be other factors. And I was thinking rest can also be just not booking things in.
1: Yeah. Like not definitely. feeling like you have
0: to, like, I feel so terrible that you lugged your pram and felt like you had to go out to like a cafe because really it's like the answer is everyone come to the one with the baby.
1: <laughs> yeah. But do you know what's bad about that is It was my own doing because yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. I met with a really good friend of mine and her mother just so happened to be my midwife and I was oh. like no 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 I want you guys I want to see you guys outside mm, of my mm, home because mm. I've been in my home You're like so crazy so much mm. yeah and they're like oh dear it's not a good idea and I'm like no 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 I'll be fine mm, mm. and then I was okay but it, it was in Darwin it was February it was like 36 degrees and oh I to gosh that day like ridiculous And my son did so well, but I just remember getting home and going, oh, that was a really big outing and I shouldn't have
0: done that. Yeah, it's hard, isn't it? It's kind of like that, like you don't really know. It's like hindsight. And yeah. because we were talking earlier about like not having visitors for like a week or two weeks, I think something you said, mm, yeah. and I, I do, I remember that excitement when I had my first, cause you're so excited. You want to yeah. involve people and share your story. And I, I mm. shouldn't say you want to, not everyone feels the same way, but I know I felt that like, I really mm. wanted to be doing things. Yes. And I think that's just part of, like, I had no idea what I was in for. Like I really just had no expectation and I think it's helpful if you have people around you to kind of not tell you what to do, but to share what they went through Yeah, as a way of them trying to gently be like, this is what I experienced and what mm. I noticed. Mm. And that might be like you were saying before, like planting a seed.
1: Yeah. 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 Very gently. Yeah. Um, Cause we know too that pregnant women, um, our emotions are really heightened during mm. pregnancy and we can, take great offense to something even if you know so we need to be really careful and very mindful of those hormones yeah and early postpartum because it's the same
0: yeah and the way that you're treating them and speaking to them still needs Mm. to be very much respectful and autonomous (laughs) yeah yeah definitely
1: Mm. Mm. it's a big yeah it's a very big topic yeah yeah. So do you
0: have any final, uh, tips or advice for people, um, maybe around like gifts? Cause I know yeah. sometimes it can be a really popular thing for people to have like baby showers and receive <laughs> gifts. <laughs> so do you have any other bits of advice around that, of how that can be used in a way for yeah postpartum care and support?
1: Yeah. So instead of a baby shower, I would, um, suggest putting the idea out there of like a fill your freezer party oh. um, and you can still do all the things have a photographer if you wish you know have the big beautiful banner celebrating your a pending arrival but you have the women in your life that you love and trust and that want to nourish you in many different ways come spend a day in your kitchen fill your freezer How make cool snacks. Is
0: that?
1: yeah and I think it's just and they'll still naturally bring you gifts as well, mm, I think. Mm, but it's mm. for them to be able to do that for you and for you not to have to worry postpartum, another even better thing that they can do is take the meals home with them, put them in their freezer and then just do a meal drop to you. Yeah. Because who has... If you don't chest- have space. Mm. That's right. Not many mm. people have a chest freezer. Mm. Um, if you buy one during your pregnancy, love that for you. Like, that's so good. <laughs> um, if you can find one, but... Yeah, get them to do that. And that will be so helpful. Um, You can register for services as well. Mm. So I think a lot of people, again, it's not really a space where there's a lot for us to be able to access in terms of registries that aren't baby shops. Mm. Mm. So in America, I know there's a big platform where women can go and like register for any service that they want to use postpartum. So I'd love to see that in Australia. Yeah, I was um, just thinking,
0: how would you do that? And I, I, the only oh. thing I can think of is give everyone your PayPal link yeah. and they can put money in your account that way or something. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. Um, something like that. And reach out again to your providers and say, like, if there's people that you want to work with, yeah. I had a lady contact me the other day and ask about, Um, I have a doula for a day session and I suggest on my website that people can purchase that as a baby shower gift. Oh, cool. Um, So I had a lady inquire for her friend who's currently pregnant and like doing those little things for your girlfriends Mm. who are pregnant is really lovely. Mm. It will mean the world to them. So Yeah, I know there's a lot out there. There's a lot of providers that would definitely, definitely go above and beyond to provide that service to their clients. Um, Again, we don't always advertise it, but please reach out to anyone that you would love to have in your postpartum space and just ask the question. Yeah,
0: because also if they don't offer it, it can also be that spark of, hey, this is a great idea and I should be offering this or maybe I could find a way to offer this. So yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah, and please, if you have a, if you have a pregnant lady in your life, please do not buy her mittens. Never mittens. buy mittens. Yeah. Did you not receive mittens as a like, gift? Like you mean
0: for me or the baby? The baby.
1: <laughs> the amount of women that I know who received, like I received about eight packets of mittens and beanies. I lived in Darwin.
0: Yeah, that's true. Actually, I never once used any beanie or any mittens for the kids I think I only yeah. maybe put something on their hand when they were scratching me when yeah. they went through that stage yeah, but really wrong. and even then really that was like I didn't yeah. really do much for that that's such I totally forgot But the copious amounts of beanies and stuff yes.
1: <laughs> depends like, on your climate and where
0: you live but like certainly for most yeah. of us in Australia yeah yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> like if you can give people a gift voucher for a grocery store an uber eats voucher do the meal train yeah buy them a service, get them a cleaner. Oh, mm, heaven. Like that mm. would be so good. Um, a dog walker voucher, offer to come and take their older children to the park and for lunch, you know, very thoughtful gifts that don't take a lot of effort on your behalf, depending on how old the older children are. Mm. Um, and it will mean the world to the new family. Yeah.
0: So much more impactful and
1: Absolutely. support
0: in a way that is very unique. And I'm sure that they'll always remember.
1: Yes. Definitely. They'll feel very loved and held during that time. And that's so important.
0: Mm. Thank yeah. you so much, Dee, for sharing your wealth of knowledge. I, have I thoroughly enjoyed this conversation um, and I hope that it's given everyone something to think about, whether you're thinking of having a, a baby or another baby, or if you're currently pregnant, um, I hope you were able to take a lot away from this conversation. So yeah. before we head off, can you tell people a bit more about where they can find you?
1: Yes. Yes. So you can mostly find me on Instagram at Mama Nourished Co. Um, and at mama nourished co.com, which is my website. I mostly share on Instagram just because it's, you know, it's a fun Same. platform to be on. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I am on Facebook too at just Mama Nourished. But yeah, hopefully Great. people get some good info on there.
0: Yeah, thank you so much. And I'll make sure to have all that linked down in the show notes as well. Thank you so much.